What's up, guys? Welcome to the Bladed Wedge Show. Uh, today is June 29th, 2020. Obviously, it's a Monday today. We usually are Sunday nights at 8 p.m., but with the rain delay at the Travelers yesterday, we decided to push it to today. I am down on the Jersey Shore, um, so getting a little bit closer to Checo, um, but he is still in Philly, so we are, uh, we're not together but you know we're, we're pretty excited to go over the show today as a reminder we're just guys who love watching golf talking golf and most importantly playing golf if you don't already follow us on twitch and instagram that's the best way to uh start to follow and stay up to date with what we're doing but check how you doing man welcome to fourth of july week yeah big week um i thought we were gonna see a little monday finish uh, today on the PGA Tour with that rain delay, but glad Dustin got it done and uh, wrapped it up Sunday night. Yep, very interesting. I know we both have some big plans this week. You have a, a little tourney you're playing in today, so you want to touch on that? Yeah, so the uh, our Golf Association of Philadelphia has open play days. So basically, you, if you're a member of the Golf Association of Philadelphia um, and have a handicap registered through them, you can go and play different courses that are also in the Gap Association. Um, so today, this afternoon, me and three of my buddies are going to play Moslem Springs. Um, it's up by like Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, should be a good day. It's beautiful weather out, so I'm excited to play. That's awesome. That'll, that'll be a great time. Definitely let me know how that goes. But um, with kind of the shorter show today, let's jump right into the Bladed Wedge T-Sheet. So obviously got to kick it off with the Travelers Championship. There was a lot of drama pre-tournament about COVID, um, including the PGA Tour commissioner coming out, having a press conference to answer questions about it. Most notably, Brooks, um, Caddy had tested positive and then te- then tested negative. But at the end of the day, Brooks and his brother Chase, who Monday qualified for the event, um, both withdrew, um, as well as some other significant players, such as Webb Simpson. Um, but overall, it seemed like the PGA Tour did a really good job handling it. Um, I, I broadcasted the uh, press conference from the commissioner, and he you know did a really good job putting things in place. But anything you wanted to kind of touch on there, it seems like they have things mostly under control for now. Yeah, I think PGA Tour did the right thing. I think um, so did, obviously, Brooks and Chase had a WD. I guess the one big point is Chase Monday qualified, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that just, that sucks. Um, But, you know, I feel like those Monday qualifiers are so hard to get into and so hard to, like, really play well, go low enough where you get one of those spots um, and to see him have to withdraw, terrible, but... You know, it is what it is, and they have the protocols in place, and you got to follow them. Yeah, and, you know, kind of going along with that, the PGA Tour is handling this really well, and they actually gave Chase a entry into next year's tournament. So, obviously a bad situation, but I respect how serious everyone's taking it, including Brooks, and it's awesome to see the players in the tournament and the tour working together and saying, hey, you're doing the right thing now. We'll reward you with an entry next year. Um, that's the kind of stuff that you have to have between the, the players and the tour to, to keep this moving forward because they are going to be um, suboptimal situations like that. Totally. Completely agree. And then, you know, moving really into it, it was pretty awesome to watch Phil play really well. I think he had a share of the lead after Friday or at least was right up there. Um, awesome to see him play well. He, he really struggled over the weekend. Obviously, he's won this tournament twice before. Um, but I just want Phil to be playing well. He's electric when, when he's hitting his irons well and making some putts. Yeah, he's 50 years old, and he looks like 35. Um, just still hitting the ball a long way. 
I don't ha- I don't think he has any plans of going to the Champions Tour anytime soon. Um, so yeah, I mean he's he's doing great, and I can see him contending in a lot more tournaments this year. Yep, totally agreed. You know, I, I, I do think he needs to ditch the sunglasses. I'm not a huge yeah. fan. I thought that was a joke, but I, I, he's taking it pretty seriously here. But, uh, you know, overall, always awesome to see Phil in it. I would love to see him in it, you know, Sunday at a major. Um, but this is a, a good start because he's, his game has been a little bit off lately. Um, moving into it, you know, really wanted to jump into Will Gordon. He needed a tie, a two-way tie for second or better to get conditional status on the PGA Tour. And it was really rocky. On 17, he missed a – had to be less than four-footer for par. So he made bogey, and then he came back and birdied 18 to get um, – and ended up getting a tie third. So just an awesome story there. Great to see him, him play well and, and sneak in even after that really bad bogey. And that's the nerves, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably knew that he had a lot riding on this finish. And he knew his position, where he needed to get to. And I think that was definitely in the back of his mind coming down the stretch. Definitely. It's exactly what we were talking about with the nerves of some of the, like, the higher guys during yep. the first tournament back. It's just like not used to this tournament play. This is the yep. same nerves for just a whole different reason. Obviously, just so much riding that putt. Like, literally a putt that could change his life. Now he's the yep. opportunity to play in the PGA Tour the rest of the year. Obviously, with some restrictions, doesn't have a full card, but is going to get a shot to play in more events and potentially make it and get a full card for next year. So, like, super excited for him. Um, you know, Sunday, as we talked about, and the reason we're doing the show on Monday, there was a rain delay when Dustin had three holes left. Um, kind of helped Dustin, in my opinion. He was starting to get really errant on his uh, shots off the tee. Um, he was he did make par, uh, a really good bogey, and then a, a good par. Um, but, you know, just an unfortunate situation to have that at the end of the round um, for, for just for the tournament. But at the end of the day, that they got through it pretty quickly, and Dustin was able to come out and win and play well down the stretch. Yeah, he hit that last drive on 18, which went like 351. It was just an absolute bomb. And I think that was kind of the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to see him win. And when he is playing well, he was so good, especially, um, you know, it really a lot of his playing comes down to is he going to hit his wedges well and is he going to make a couple putts? Um, yeah. I know he's putting with that new, I think it's a tailor-made putter uh, that is a, a blade, but it, it's supposed to feel more like a mallet. So um, that, that definitely helped him today because he was putting way better than when he came out during that uh, uh, tailor-made event during quarantine. And I didn't know off the top of my head, like, when was the last time Dustin has won an event? Because you feel, like you always know, like, oh, yeah, Dustin, he's always going to be around the, the leaderboard. And he had that stretch, you know, a couple of years ago where, you know, he won the U.S. Open at um, Oakmont and was playing, like, super well, always contending. Um, but I feel like recently we haven't really seen him play that well. And mm-hmm. I think his game has kind of fallen apart. Um, so, I mean, this week just – came out and played flawless yeah out of nowhere like you said um, um a lot of people weren't talking about dustin obviously he's a huge name so um yeah. he's always he's always something to look out for but i don't think anyone was like oh this is gonna be dustin's week he's been playing well it's just a matter of time um he just really put it together and uh he should be in a, in a good spot for the rest of the year it'd be pretty awesome to watch him and brooks battle it out on a major or, or on a sunday um so i was kind of missing that i think brooks would have loved that um, but 
yeah, it, it was great to see him win, and, and we'll see what this does to his confidence for the rest of the year. Definitely. Moving on, this week we have the Rock and, Rocket Mortgage Classic, obviously a, a hometown one for me, um, being from Michigan, pretty excited to to watch that, and it is a beautiful golf course that uh, I've actually played before in a high school tournament, so excited to watch it. Um, very hard golf course, I'm sure these guys will tear it up though, um, but the story we got to talk about is obviously Tiger Watch, no Tiger this week at the Rocket Mortgage, we're still probably targeting him for Memorial, but we haven't had any confirmation on that. Um, any thoughts from you, Checo? Yeah, and this is this is same thing I've said every day. Like, I, I think Rocket Mortgage, like, I'm surprised he hasn't come back yet. I mean, it's absolutely crazy that we haven't seen him back. Rocket Mortgage is because he used to sponsor or like run that event. Yeah, like, that was changed. when it was the Pontiac. He he did work with them. Yeah, so he used to like sponsor that and and host that tournament. Um, and then it switched to the Rocket Mortgage. Um, so, so maybe there would have been some sort of connection to, to get him into this event. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's going to do whatever he wants. He's Tiger Woods. Yeah. And, and kind of going off of that now, the, the unofficial uh, host of the tournament is Ricky. So yeah. you know he usually gets a pretty good feel out there. It'll be interesting to see him play. He's been probably has been pretty disappointed with this play since he's since we've been back um on the pga tour so we'll see if that turns around this week well and ricky's uh like best friends with tiger so i wonder if he would have sent him a text because obviously ricky's going to want the best field at his event Mm -hmm. um so i wonder if there was any conversations between him and tiger about like hey like any any shot you want to come play this week yeah, I bet you there was at least you know a quick conversation around that with Ricky trying to pull together a, a good field for the tournament. But like you said, Tiger's going to do what Tiger thinks is best for himself, yeah. and and probably sounds like Memorial is the case. But we'll keep you guys updated on anything that we hear. Moving on to our rotating topic, we're going to do uh, kind of a, a standard one for us today, one we ask all of our guests, but we figured you guys would be interested in our answers. So we're going to go with favorite club in the bag. Check all that you kick this one off. It's going to be driver, and I think I'm going to need driver today. Uh-huh. Um, I just think when I hit the ball in the fairway, it like completes my game. Like I, I just have so much more confidence from my irons through my short game when I'm getting off the tee well. Um, so I'm going with driver today. I love that. I thought you were going to go with putter, to be honest. I've seen you, you uh, putt with that and, and make like that one time we played, you made three birdies in a row, including one from off the green. So that's what I thought you were going to go with. Um, but for myself, I'm going to go with putter. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of a club that sometimes is, is off for me, but when it is on and I'm feeling good with it, that's when I score my best and, and can really make up for a lot of different areas of my game. So I'm going to go with putter as well. Um, and then before we get to our, our interview, we don't, like we've mentioned in the past, we are looking for help. So if you want to be our third, help us out on social or video editing, shoot us an email, bladedwedge at gmail.com. Remember to give us a follow on Instagram um, and Twitch to, to stay up to date with what we're doing. Um, and then next week, 8 p.m., we'll be back on schedule talking about the Rocket Mortgage um, and then Memorial and, and giving you guys an update on what Tiger's doing. Uh, to finish off today's episode, we interviewed Johnny Wonder, who's the director of original content, Instagram manager, and host of the Gear Jive podcast for Golf WRX. Obviously, you guys know that we have a good connection and a great relationship with Golf WRX, so it was really interesting to hear from him, not only about his career, kind of how he became um, 
director of content for Golf WX, but also just talking to him about some questions we had about how, you know, what the golf world looks like and how you make it in, in the content game. And then, you know, he shared an awesome story uh, about Freddie Couples and Tony yeah. Hawk. So definitely stay tuned to listen to that. Um, like, remember, reminder, 8 p.m. next week. Thanks for watching, for supporting, and we'll see you guys soon. Later. What's up, guys? Today we have Johnny Wonder for our interview. He's the director of content and Instagram manager for Golf WRX. Um, he's also the host of the Gear Drive podcast, and you can find him on golfwrx.com or at his Instagram at Johnny Wonder. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm sitting in a in a tent in my kids' playroom, which has become uh, not only the home of the Gear Dive podcast, but also my new workspace during this Corona teen. So this is this is my new natural habitat is in this tent. I love that. I know everyone's kind of getting creative on, on figuring out different ways to work, but th I can honestly say this is the first time I've heard someone working from their their kids' uh, teepee. So so we'll count that as a first. Yeah, I am. I got I got Maui from uh, Moana looking just just giving me eyeballs right now right across the room, just staring at me. With, he's all tatted up, looking at me like he's gonna kick my ass. So that's awesome. And you're up in Toronto, right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been up here for about since my son Sevi was born. So I've been in Toronto for I don't know three and a half, four years now. Awesome. And uh, are you guys having the quarantining, and are you being able to get out and play any golf, or are you you kind of on lockdown? I have not played any golf yet. The courses are open for sure. They they opened up a couple weeks ago. Um, we've been so busy with homeschooling. You know, the Corona sort of affects everybody in different ways, especially if you have kids. You know, the the way that I guess we were kind of handed the situation was like, you know, we sent our kids to uh, my oldest goes to a private school, mm -hmm. and they did a really good job of like setting him up to have activities and schoolwork but it's the parents need to facilitate it and we have a three-year-old sevi so it's like you know he's a so you know i can't just tell the youngest one to go read a book because he'll burn the house down so it's always one's homeschooling one's working one's doing this one's doing that and and um so now tomorrow is his last is, is my oldest is as uh, augustus and his last day is tomorrow so that will open up some opportunity to play some golf and I'm probably going to manipulate the system and see if I can't use Father's Day to sneak away for 36 at some point this week. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I uh I'm in New York and I see uh a lot of young parents who are still stuck in in the city uh trying to you know corral their kids and educate them and, and get through everything. So good luck with that and I'm glad that school is is almost over <laughs> for now and hopefully this fall it will return back to normal. I hope so. This is a this is banana town. So <laughs> let's kind of let's kind of start from the beginning because uh you know obviously really want to make sure our audience knows knows your background. So you know can you talk about how you really got into the golf industry and then and then started to to work with Golf Direct because I know you wear a lot of hats uh, out there. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. Like I I guess I'll take a couple of steps back. I mean I. I've sort of done, I'm one of those guys that's sort of done everything in, in my life. You know, I, um, I grew up in Seattle, I'm not going to even a whole life story, but I grew up mm -hmm. in Seattle and, you know, right out of high school, I was a bat boy for the Anaheim angels. Um, my godfather pitched for him and I got a job doing that. So that was a cool experience. That's awesome. And then, you know, at that point wanted to go out and try and play. Um, I was, you know, pretty 
pretty decent player with a lot of talent. So I tried to play for a little while and ended up moving to California and then, you know, got into, you know, went to college and got into waiting tables and then got into marketing and got into acting and getting I mean, it's just like this frantic trying to find the next big thing. And I didn't really hit my stride, um, which is sort of how the golf WX thing came. I'll get to the point here in a second, but um, in 2011, it both kind of happened at the same time. Um, I was working in the real estate industry and the girl I was dating at the time was like, you're, First thing she said is, you're miserable. You need to find something else to do because I was making really, really good money, but I hated my hated my life. Uh-huh. And uh, I was thirty. I'm 43, so that was you know nine years ago, eight years ago. This happened, and I ended up, you know, almost out of spite, getting into the film production because I really wanted to work for a film producer and get into that part of film. And you know, it was laughable at that age. I was 33. I didn't go to Yale. I didn't go to Stanford or USC. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And no resume for it. My resume had bartender and Mercedes Benz on it. You know, <laughs> nobody. And um, literally out of spite, I sent out like a hundred resumes just to show her that I would do it. Like, okay, I'm not afraid to do it. And I could have ended up working in porn. I mean, I would have taken any job that came. Uh, Cause I just, I just wanted to get in. Uh-huh. And um, that's the first thing that you have to learn. I mean, for people that are coming up that, that watches this show is, I was willing to do when I say anything, I mean professionally anything. I wasn't willing to, you know, hop on the leather couch or anything like that. But yeah. I was willing to um, get coffee and and take orders for free for a little while to learn. I was willing to trade in my time for 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 the experience and the education. And a small producer, you know, had made one movie, took me took me in and make me an unpaid office assistant. And I knew once I figured out the business, I would move up. And I got promoted like three times in a year. And then got recruited from that company into a bigger company and got promoted all the way up on that company. And then, I mean, it just, it, it worked. Like the, the idea worked and um, how that segues into golf WRX in a weird way is um, you sort of learn, you know, in that, in the film space is you learn how to work in chaos and you learn how to, um, it doesn't have to always have to make sense, right? There's, you know, the life doesn't work in, in, from A to Z. It's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of A to two, nine to, and when I moved to Toronto and I was already writing for WRX at the time as a featured writer, kind yeah. of what a lot of people do, you know, and I was one of the first featured writers that got in there and that was literally out of, uh, boredom. Um, I was on the site. I've been a member of the site since 2005 and I've been a gear junkie my whole life. And, I knew Zach, the editor, and I said, I want to write articles. How do I do it? And he told me to write up a, a spec, you know, just a test article to see if I could even put two sentences together. And the first article that I wrote for the site was in 2011, and it was a complete lie, but I wrote it as if it really happened. And it was, uh, if you go to the site and look at my first story, it's one called Playing With My Hero, and it's about me going to play a golf with Mark Langston, who's my godfather. Uh-huh. And, and, I played more played than anybody in my life, like by thousands of rounds. Like I played, and I wrote it as if I won a contest and got to play with him at his home club, and uh, not thinking it would ever see the light of day. And then Zach ended up liking the article and posted on the front page. And I'm like, oh god, that's a total lie. But I'll, you know, let's let it ride. And yeah. Ask me if I wanted. Asked me if I wanted to write more, and I kept writing more. So I just kind of kept in touch with the site, kept writing, collaborating, whatever I could do. If they needed somebody to fill in and write, I did. So. Fast forward to 2018, the beginning, film business financially goes like this. Mm-hmm. 
and I wanted to find something stable that I would enjoy that um, I knew I would stay engaged in, and and I knew the Golf WRX boys, and uh, Andrew Tursky was the editor yep. at the time, and I sent him an email with an idea of like let's start figuring out how to make the video content and that part of the video of the site better, um, and you know. A couple weeks later, after sending these emails, I was in Dearborn meeting with uh, Richard Odie, the, the owner, and my boss, Aaron Martin. And, you know, they took a – I kind of created a job for myself, and they they bought what I was selling. And obviously the job has morphed into way more than that since I got in the door. But um, a lot of it was – I don't want to say it was out of desperation, but, I, you know, as a man with two kids, a lot of it came out of necessity. I had to find something that I knew I could, I could make an impact quickly. And uh, they took a crack on me, and in my life, it's funny. I, there's life before WRX and life after WRX. I didn't. I was a nobody in the golf industry when I started, and I'm still a nobody now. But mm -hmm. I have, you know, I write articles and I have a platform now that I didn't have two years ago. So it's um, it's been an interesting ride, man. I tell you that. Yeah, that's awesome. Really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you know, my story with golf WRX is is slightly similar in terms of you know, starting off in that featured writers program and then, you know, kind of pitching. Andrew was the first guy I talked to as well, probably back in 2018. And then just coming up with an idea to do this on Twitch and, and try to do that. Obviously, we're still in our beginning stages, but kind of pitching an idea. Ben thought it was an interesting one. And, and here we are. So, you know, it's awesome to to kind of be involved with a company that really is, is interested and, and takes, you know, chances on people uh, and really allows them to kind of be creative. So, Really cool to have that, and, and then I kind of wanted to to kind of move into, uh, you know, obviously your podcast is really focused around like gear and apparel. So can you talk to us like where that that love of the gear and the apparel kind of came from? Uh, yeah, I mean the the gear, the podcast has been sort of a weird animal. Mm -hmm. I, I never expected it to go on as long as it has. Um, it's such a weird story. So Andrew Tursky, I was in, it was in Dearborn. You know, when I first started this gig, I used to go into Dearborn, you know, once a month to, you know, just to be there and be in the office. And, and, you know, that's obviously changed just because, you know, you get busy and travel enough. And, um, they, uh, we're talking, Andrew and Nudson had their two guys talking golf podcasts and, and Aaron, the cool thing about our CEO, Aaron, who nobody really sees his face cause he's kind of like behind the scenes. He, you know, he makes sure the site, runs and mm -hmm. he gets ideas and he'll let anybody take a winger if you can you know kind of let your balls hang out there you'll you'll he'll give you a shot and i was like i want to do a podcast like i don't know how but mm -hmm. i'll figure it out and like i want to do do one around the tour and gear and gear heads and you know i'll call it the gear dive or something and like literally that's how it was you know it was the gear dive or something and it just ended up being the gear dive and um you know it's what that podcast has sort of turned into for me was, I guess it gave me, uh, one, it's obviously podcasts are a brilliant relationship builder with your chosen genre. You know, you get to meet everybody, but, um, you know, it's been, it's been fun, you know, it's not, it's a gear show, but I, I've sort of just kind of pick guests and talk to people whoever I, I mean, I've had Brian LaRoche who's at Brian golf on like four times. I have mm -hmm. my buddies, you know, my buddy Nico will come on. I've had George Gankus on. I've had a bunch of teachers. Um, it's just a, I, I would call it more of like a, a, a better players 
podcast, meaning for the guys that are really super into golf yep. on every level, that's kind of like what my show has morphed into. And I'm in the process of making some tweaks to it. I don't know why I just, I want to freshen up the, you know, the format or whatever, but it's been a cool show. I mean, I, I've, I've had guests on that show between the normal show and then the I do for a club launch, I switched a piece of equipment. I had Ricky Fowler on, Dustin Thomas, you know, Freddie Couples was on my show. Wow. I mean, that was, that's a crazy, that's a crazy story. Um, you know, Rocco Media was on my show and him and I have become good friends. Jimmy Walker's been on my show. Him and I have become good friends. Um, these are people I text with all, all the time. And if you would have told me two years ago that a lot of my text chain would be a bunch of old tour players, I'd be like, you know, no fucking way. But yeah, you know, it's weird. It's just a weird universe I live in. Yeah, but the show's been the show's been great. I just uh, you guys got to hear. You guys want to hear the Freddie Couple story? Yeah, you, yeah. Let's go into the Freddie Couple story because Freddie is one of my uh, all-time favorites. Okay, yeah. So in our in my household, the one you know in Seattle, Fred Couples in my household to my father is everything. Like, and I say that not to be dramatic. He's everything to my dad. <laughs> he grew up in Seattle. He was a Jefferson Park legend. My dad just thinks he's the coolest thing ever. Still to this day, if he could trade Freddie Couples for my mom, my sister, and I, he'd do it right now. And my dad would be gone. And I don't. I'm not trying to be funny. That's just, those are facts. Uh-huh. And he, um, he, uh, I had emailed his PR person for Bridgestone, and they said, hey, you know, because that's kind of how it works. You talk to the marketing people and the PR people, like, hey, you know, if you ever want to, you know, talk to any of our you know, ambassadors let us know. And I'm jokingly said to this, to this guy who's a friend of mine, I was like, his name's Ben Kramer. I'm like, Benny, how about like get Freddie on my podcast? Like, you want to do something big, get Freddie. And he's like, haha, okay, well, yeah, we'll try. And I've left that conversation never, like 100% knowing that I'm never going to get Freddie Couples on my podcast. And like three weeks later, a month later, it was Brian Nutz and Andrew Tursky and myself were with our film crew. We were driving from Los Angeles to San Diego to go meet with Tony Hawk and Burt Lamar from Iliac Golf. This is all like, so we're going down the five and, you know, down in San Diego. And my phone rings and it's Fred Couples' agent. He said, yeah, I got the request for the podcast for Fred. He's totally down to do it. And, uh, you know, he can be ready in 45 minutes. And I am... We're just leaving Orange County. We're an hour and 15 minutes away from San Diego, right? So, of course, I say yes. Yeah, great. 45 minutes will make it work. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I'm in, in my car, not only trying to – I'm like, what, how am I going to record this thing? I'm not in the studio. I don't have any of my gear. Like, I don't – okay, I guess I'll find some app I can record it on. Two, I'm going to have to show up to go meet Tony Hawk, who's 50 times bigger than Fred Couples will ever, will ever be. Mm. Meet him. I'm producing the shoot that we're doing with him, literally meet him, high five him and go back in my car to go interview Fred couples. So the only thing I have in my, that I know is that Fred couples is notoriously late. So if they say 45 minutes, I actually have a couple hours. So I'm like flying to San Diego. We get there, we get set up. I'm waiting for my phone to ring. Cause he keeps telling me that Freddie's going to call and it's not ringing, not ringing, not ringing. And we get it all set up and Tony Hawk walks in so we're like, hey, Tony, like, you know, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm Johnny. I'm producing this whole thing. I work for Golf WRX, and my phone starts buzzing. And I'm like, that's Fred Couples. I got to go do this podcast in my car. Dude, it's 
great to meet you. I was going to try and get off this and finish this up with you. And I literally just said, can I high five Tony Hawk and ran to my car? And I'm like, I'm one of, I probably look like the biggest asshole in the planet <laughs> to Tony Hawk. And two, like, like what, like what universe am I living in right now? Like did that just, I just high five that guy to go run in my car to go, go interview this guy. So anyway, long story longer, get in the car, do the interview. And they still haven't told my dad that this is all going down. I didn't have time to call my dad during uh -huh. this commotion. So do the interview. Freddie was awesome. Like we talked 15 minutes before the podcast, 15 minutes after the podcast. We're talking about people that we mutually knew, old places, old restaurants, all this. Just a beautiful like hour and a half. And uh, I uh, got done with the podcast, go in, you know, make sure Tony's thing's all taken care of. That would all went fine, thank God, because that could have gone bad really quickly. And at the end of it, I finally called my dad. And I'm like, Dad, you're not going to believe this. He's like, what? I'm like, I interviewed, like, Fred Couples is on my podcast. And you could hear him going like, like, you could hear the wheels turn in his head. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Why is he on your podcast? Like, how? Like, in, in my dad's mind, it's like Fred Couples doesn't deal with people like us. Because <laughs> we're not in the same thing here. Like, you got to be kidding me. But then he actually heard the podcast on Golf WRX Radio a couple days later, and you know, obviously told all of his friends at the club, and you know, he was a proud papa for about twenty four hours, and then you know that stopped. But anyway, <laughs> that's the Fred Couples story. So that I, is awesome. Did you like get into bed that, that night and be like? What just happened today? Like, were you in like shock and awe that you were like, all right, well, I just kind of stood up Tony Hawk for an hour and a half to interview Fred Couples. Oh, well, you know what the, the oddball thing about that whole experience is now to this day, like, we, I text him. Mm -hmm. or he'll text, no, he doesn't text me, let's be honest. Like, he'll text me back. But if I ask him a question, like, I did a big write up in Golf WX about his bag, like a deep dive into the bag of Fred Couples. It's on the site right now. Uh, when I asked him, like, okay, I need to go through your bag with you to figure out what's in there and your specs. And he's like, okay, I'll do my best. The guy's got no clue what's in his bag. So for me to get his club specs, and I have him at my fingertips the whole time. I'm asking him questions. I'm like, okay, bro, your three-wood shaft, I know it's a Harrigan, Harrison Mugen prototype. What's the weight, though? Uh -huh. He's like, well, how do I look? You just, what? Like, <laughs> is it seven or six? Is there is there any numbers on it? He just, he didn't know, like he didn't care. So I have to collect data on his bag from five different people because his bag's all over the place. You know, it's 15 different companies. Uh -huh. You know, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. So, but I had him the whole time. Like I could, you know, I could, I, he could have just made the thing easy for me and just answered my questions, but he physically could, could not do it. He didn't know. Like he didn't. So you're like, can we FaceTime and you just point the camera at your bag? <laughs> Yeah, we don't know. I don't know him like that. I don't know. I don't know him like that where I can I can I can FT the guy. But uh -huh. I, I wish someday. Yeah, someday. Someday. One the one thing that's crazy about Fred Couples and I never knew this is that him and Jim Nance weren't they roommates at uh, the University of Houston? Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I think that's so wild. And um, he's the he's your golfer that shows up to. A tournament hits a couple wedges, then goes out and shoots like sixty three. Because he's so good at golf, but just doesn't practice at all. I feel like. Yeah, there's certain guys out there, and I I think, and even the guys on tour will tell you. Because I've talked to enough of these guys. Uh, Freddie Couples, 
Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, obviously, like you don't even have to mention him, but there's certain guys that are roll out of bed talented. Yeah. Like they're roll out of bed. Like, and I would even throw uh, Anthony Kim mm-hmm. in that bucket. I'm going to – I'd throw Patrick Reed in that bucket. Like you can tell the guys that are actually – like Lucas Glover, they are roll out of bed, give them a stick, they're going to hit it. And you can just – you can pick them out who has manufactured their talent and who don't need to do much to show up anywhere and still compete. And there's a – you know, there's there's not a lot of them out there, but there there's enough. Like Bubba Watson's obviously that way. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them aren't though. Some of them need to grind and practice and hone their craft. And, you know, and some guys like Freddie can, you know, if he's going to go play the Masters and he hasn't played in a month, he just needs to squeeze in 36 and his back's feeling okay. You know, if the wind hits him right, he'll compete. Like that's just that, but that's pure talent. Um, There's no, yeah, there's no manufacturing going on there. It's just like the guy is just a good golfer. Yeah. You know, it's just, it just understands how to play. So it's crazy. So I guess switching gears a little bit, moving into some more of like the content that we're seeing on the PGA Tour. In your opinion, like where where does the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, some of these, you know, where do we need to get better, and where are we missing today in the landscape we're seeing with some of the content being developed? Um, well, the PGA Tour, like if you're going to use the tour as an example, they're it's a challenge for them. Like they are the facilitator of the actual on-field action. So. You know, the videos that they put up now for me from from them being MLB or NFL, they're pl- it's plenty. Right. Like I don't I don't need to see behind the curtains that much mm-hmm. because they already cover it better. Golf is covered really, really well, in my opinion, um, especially the majors like we got Pro Tracer. You know, people want um, mic'd up golfers. I don't. I mean, I think it's cool every once in a while for special events, but. Those are private conversations. Like they're not going to give you the real nitty gritty. What's going to happen is they're going to talk politely on camera, and every once in a while, they're going to turn it off for a second and have a real conversation. Like I don't like I, I wouldn't want somebody doing that to me at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but golf content in in general, um, the tour that does it the best, the European tour's content is the best in the game. Followed you know shortly you know, right behind taylor me does a really go- good job as an oem their content's really really good they, they understand uh how and what to show behind the curtain. so they have those marketing days that they you know they have for that three-day period and they get a ton of good content out of those things um but those two those two entities in my opinion are doing the best job of um selling the game of golf selling the tour athletes and selling the selling the equipment that they sell and explaining why it's good. So, um, and some companies flat out fail at it. I'm not going to name who it is, but some guys, some companies really suck at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Taylor made does a really good job. Um, you know, with guys like Tr- Chris Trot on the tour truck, um, they are very generous with the information that they share. Um, and it's, uh, it's all to the betterment and the benefit of, of us, the golfers, when we get to understand why a tour player puts a certain club in their hand or plays a golf course a certain way, because eventually you can whittle it down to how it affects you. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, those, those two entities do a really, really good job. Obviously I think WRX, yep. you know, for what we do with the rapid fire content, kind of like the barstool model, 
we do a really, really good job. The only thing I would change about us is I wish we could take more of a draw more of a line in the sand, at least for a section of the site where we could have a little bit more opinion, but um, that's not our function. You know, people go to our site to get honest feedback on equipment. And uh, I wish, you know, I wish I could go ham on some topics and, you know, but I can't just cause it's one, nobody cares what I have to think, but I have to say for the most part and two, that's not, the, that's not our site. You know, we're not our stool, but the model's the same. So do you have uh, any concerns? Anyway. I know that, the PJ tour itself is pretty restrictive on letting people use highlights and different a- aspects of their content. And I know the MLB kind of switched to a similar model, you know, 10, 15 years ago where they own all their content and don't, don't allow it to be like produced for highlights and are very restrictive about it. And it's definitely hurt some of, some of their game. And I know the NBA is a little different where they allow everything to be reposted and highlights to be used everywhere. Do you have any concerns with how restrictive the PJ tour is on that? Not, I mean, not really just because, I mean, so look, look at it like this, because it's always about whether or not something can get shared, mm-hmm. right? So like there's been some great, there's been some really awesome YouTubers that have gone in there and taken out like every shot from Tiger's third round. And yep. every, like there was a guy that had this, like I think it was avid golfer on YouTube and he would go back into all the Tiger's tournaments and literally be 15 minutes of Tiger mm-hmm. in the 2008 US Open, right? And he would go do the, all the editing and eventually Augusta came in and shut him down. And I was like, that, that kind of sucks. Right. Like, you know, those, those yeah. were fun. Yeah. Those were fun videos to watch, but eventually the demand will inspire. And you're seeing it right now with the tour and the USGA is doing it right now too, which I think the USGA is doing a really, really good job right now is they're giving you the full stake. Then they're giving you a, a you know, a quarter version of the stake. It's eventually the big entities are just going to do it themselves. So what these smaller um, YouTube creators or content creators, especially on YouTube, can do is keep flicking the beast. And eventually the beast sort of just like it's kind of like, well, screw it. I'm going to give them we'll do our videos and we're going to give you the best quality because if it's picked and poked and, and repurposed, it's the quality's not the same. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have no problem with the tour holding all the cards. It's their video. They own it like that's. You know they're the tour because they're the tour, and I'm I'm not a big, um, you know, I guess, you know, it's like if we if Golf WRX puts up a picture and everybody's because we our stuff gets ripped all the time because yeah. Greg does a really good job of taking these awesome pictures, but if I throw six Tiger Woods pictures up on Instagram, give me 45 minutes and I could you know hashtag Tiger Woods what's in the bag and every single picture on Instagram is going to be one of ours, like that sucks because. Greg works for WRX. So, um, but in relation to the content, YouTube, especially the video content, it just inspires those bigger entities to figure it out and do it their way. And usually their way, they have the resources to make it better than some person could do in their, in their basement, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, cause I've tried it and my stuff sucks. Yeah. You know, I've tried to put videos together and like that. And my stuff's awful. And I know how to edit too. I'm a good editor. I just, I'm, I'm oh crap so I, i'm looking in the resources too <laughs> totally know, agree i think I it, that answers your question yeah it definitely does i think i'm totally in agreement that you you do need sometimes people who are going to you know push the envelope and then you kind of help move some of the bigger guys in in the space so definitely in agreement there and then uh Chego, do you want to go through the rapid fire questions to finish it off yeah let's do it 
So just to finish off, let's just run through a couple of rapid fire questions that we put together. So starting with the first one, um, what is your favorite course ever played? Favorite golf course that I've ever played? Um, it's kind of a tie. Uh, Butler National in Chicago and um, the Olympic Club in San Francisco. Ooh. My two favorites. And what is the lowest round you've ever hosted? Uh, I've shot 68 twice. Nice. Trey. Trey just had uh, his first round ever under par last week. Shot 68 last week. First time uh, ever under par. It was awesome. I feel good. Um, favorite PGA Tour player? Oh, Tiger. I'm a Tiger. I'm the biggest Tiger fanboy ever. <laughs> it's funny. We thought we're on like a three-interview streak of getting Tiger Woods. So uh, obviously, you know, his place in the game is huge. Well, but let, let's like that, that's the funny thing is like I think even I think it was Phil. Somebody said some of the tour players. How can he not be your favorite? I know. Player? I want to hear that because it's. I don't like the argument why he would be your favorite player is a really easy argument. I want to hear the argument why he's not. I'm it's not like, going to give you the argument. Say, well, he's not my favorite player because he's like he's what? Yeah. Like, give me a really good reason why he's not your favorite. And, and it can't what? be about the scandal. Guys, he's a grown ass man, and he paid he, he paid for those sins. Like that's that's behind us. Like mm. get past that part. Like, and I don't care how he is morally. I'm not. He's not my spiritual guy. He's a golfer. So, like, I care about Tiger Woods, the golfer. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I digress. Keep going. I agree. And then um, last question here. What's your favorite club in the bag? Oh, God, that's a good question. What's my favorite club in the bag? Um, five Wood, my favorite club in the bag. How come? What's the reasoning? I just always hit. I always hit my five wood well. I don't know yeah. why. It's just always that club that when I need it, it's there for whatever reason. It's the one that when I, especially like when I'm struggling really bad, if I'm having a bad day, that's five wood's always the one that like will be the highlight of the day. It's like oh, I you know hit this off the tee a couple times and hit it in a couple par fives and it performed. And I just for some reason the five wood's always been a good one for me. I love it. What club is it? That's a damn good question. Right now, it's uh, I mean, I got all my clubs are in this room next to me. It's a right now I'm playing a PX. It's a PXG seven wood. That's like bent to a five wood. It's like twenty one degrees, but it's open to like nineteen and a half degrees, and it's really really good. That's awesome. Really, really good, but I haven't played in so long. I couldn't even tell you if it's still good. I have no idea. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was good five months ago. There we go. Awesome. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been it's been awesome. I feel like Chucko and I have learned a lot, so I'm sure our audience has as well. So thanks for coming on, and we'll have to do it again soon. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, for having me. It was uh, fun, and you guys got a great thing going on. So keep it up. If I can be helpful in any way, you let me know. Awesome. We will. Thanks, Ben.